I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, August 6, 2019. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, first off, we're going to look at the big picture. We're going to look at the lines that are on the chart. We're going to address both red lines above and the 275 dotted line down below. We also have to give the market its due. The S&P 500 cash index finished up about 37 points about 1.3 percent that's a very good day however we have to keep in sight of what happened yesterday it was a big gap down and it was a big down day yesterday however this is just a garden variety retracement so far of a portion of the move from the highs that were made the other day i'm talking about the highs all the way up here and yes that was just the other day it was last week that high to this low this was a garden variety retracement and we're probably not done yet if we are done that's a very very at least to me obvious sign of weakness but to me the market would likely push up just a little bit farther that's where the red lines come in they're not at any particular number to the penny what we're doing is we're identifying an area that comes out when I figure out where the market would likely stall out or find what we call overhead resistance. The nearest area, 289.5, give or take, right around where that 100 period moving average is. It also happens to coincide with another important area. You can see here that the market consolidated here for a while and broke out did that little retest and broke out again. If we come back up to that same general area, that same general price zone, I would think that would provide overhead resistance. The second area comes in right around the general zone of the 50 period moving average. Why is that? Because if we get a continued or follow through rally in the market, they will try and get this market up to that 50 and hopefully for the bulls above that 50 day moving average that 50-day moving average is important to the bulls they want to get it back there i don't know whether they can or they can't but if they get it there that would likely provide overhead resistance what that means is they shouldn't just be able to waltz right through that general area 292.50 293 in that general zone right around where that 50 period moving average comes in Let's also draw a schematic of what the possibilities are. What is one possibility that's going on here? Well, we have this big waterfall decline. And now, since we got to this oversold condition, and I put that in air quotes, you know I don't like the term or the phrase oversold, but look where we are as it relates to home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. That's all the way up here. We're very far away from home base. So for us to get a snapback, is not out of the ordinary in fact it happens to be garden variety market behavior but here's the other thing so in the process of trying to stage a rally the market puts in some kind of a bear flag pattern bearish wedge pattern something of the like that looks like this we don't know exactly how long it goes on for but what we do know is the longer it goes on for and the more they stay below this 50 period moving average the more likely it is that there is another leg lower. Now, let's talk about that. 
What happens if and when there is another leg lower? Let's talk about what is below. By the way, just to be clear, before we discuss any downside possibilities that do occur, whether they start tomorrow or whether they start in two, three, four trading sessions from now, any of those possibilities get taken off the table with daily closes back above the 50-day moving average. That's not exactly around the corner, but the numbers are the numbers. I don't make the numbers up. I just eat, sleep, breathe the numbers. Now, what about the downside? Well, obviously, well, maybe it's not obvious. I don't mean to be Captain Obvious, but yesterday's low is important. If the market were to go south, they would first try and defend yesterday's low. Maybe they spike through it. Maybe they don't get there. They would try, meaning the bulls would try and defend yesterday's low. Assuming they don't, or assuming they can't, and they begin closing hourly below yesterday's low, they'll first have their sights set on the 200-day moving average, and then the 275 general area. Could be the lows. The lows go all the way down to 273, or it could come up short of 275. But let me explain. Let's assume for a second the market is on a hard sell. Now everybody believes, yes, the market can go down again. Nobody believed it could go down again as we're creeping higher. That's what happens in those type of markets. People lose belief that the market is actually ever going to go down. Complacency sets in, and then they pull the rug out. Who's they? The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Now, we're talking in general terms about the downside. Don't misunderstand. The market may or may not get there even if we break yesterday's lows in one shot. But here's the deal. A lot of traders will be expecting 275. So that brings up two things for me. A, maybe they come up short. Maybe they come up short by a point or so. Maybe they come up to 276 and go from there, meaning back to the north side. Or maybe they spike through it and keep going. So here's what we have to know if and when the market ever does approach the 275 area. We have to know that the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew will be out in full force. Either they'll try and turn the market around before we get there, make it look like that's a bottom, and go from there. Could potentially hit it again, but that's a story for another video. Or they just blow right through it. A lot of traders expecting 275, they're trying to buy 275, and they get a pie in the face. That's also a possibility. Those are the type of things, those are the type of trading decisions that have to and must be managed in real time. You can't pre-plan to buy 275 as the market's going north at 287. It doesn't work that way. I'm giving you what I'm seeing on the chart from a longer-term perspective, but as we get closer, if the market does get hit again, we'll narrow in and zero in on exactly what's going on as we get closer to that point in time. We do have the need to throw the ball around the horn a little bit and look at some different charts. I think it's important to see the disparity between different instruments, different charts, different time frames. You need an entire picture. The only way to put the puzzle together is to have as many of the pieces as you can find. So first, on the daily chart, there's really no distinguishable, meaningful reason the market found a bottom. Nothing is obvious to me as it stands on the daily chart. I don't see a defined bottom. What about the 240-minute chart? It starts to look a little bit different. All of a sudden, 
This candle down here from yesterday, the last candle of the day, begins to look like a tail candle. It begins to look like the market was putting in or did put in a bottom. So that's of note. It's interesting. It's information we need, but we have to move on. Let's look at some other stuff. What happens when we slice that 240 minute down and we look at the 120? Do we see something similar? And the answer is not really. We don't see any kind of definable low on the 120 minute chart. We're in the information gathering stage. We never want to make a decision or any conclusion off of just one chart. What about the hourly chart? Is this a defined bottom from yesterday? Is that something you were able to trade against knowing precisely where you were wrong? Sure, technically speaking, it was. As it's taught, it was. We're doing the Monday morning quarterback thing. I'm not saying everybody should have piled in the market down there. We're just looking at the chart. Now here's something else. We had a gap. The market gapped higher this morning. We came back toward the gap. We didn't fill the gap on the hourly chart, but we'll see something different in a little while. Market closed the day pretty strong, right at the 20 period moving average. It was a pretty good close, right up near the opening range high. The opening range high is right here. The first candle of the day, this one happens to be an hourly candle. Many traders think of the opening range high as the first 30-minute candle. Either way, it's the same high of the day, and the high of the day happens to be 288.21, and you can see here the high of the day was 288 in that candle, and this candle at the end of the day was 288.04, so they basically came up to make a run at the opening range high. Well, check this out. Inside the numbers, members, we'll start early this morning, and then we'll backtrack from there, or go forward from there, I should say. We talk about both sides of the market. I'm not going to read you this whole thing. That's not the point. But what I do want to make a point of is we don't know if they'll get there, but if the market participants can push up to the general area of 2870, this is the S&P E-mini futures contract under normal garden variety market conditions that should be overhead resistance. We'll get back to that in a while. Let's go to the midday update also. Now, at 11.30, we're already bullish for the morning session. Now we have to have our eyes set on the bull side of the case. We identify what the bear side is. We get that out of the way. Closing hourly above 28.70 would be good for the bulls and bad for the bears. Above 28.70, and they'll want to make an effort for the opening range high. Then, as the day progresses... If the quietness remains, they'll likely push higher into the end of the day. Making an attempt at the morning high seems to be in process. If they get above, they'll keep going and possibly, should be, that's a typo, make an attempt for yesterday's opening range high as stated this morning. Now, nobody's certain that it's going to happen, but I'm giving you the best play-by-play I can as the market unfolds throughout the day. Here's a chart of the S&P E-mini futures contract. Here's the opening print this morning, 9.35 a.m. And you can see we went right up to the 28.70 and backed off. That was on the board long before the market opened. It was on the board before 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Market came in towards this gap, turned around, and went back in the other direction. It was bullish. We talked about it as the day unfolded. Look what happened when they creeped on through 2870. 
even ran a little bit of a back test toward the end of the day. Here's a daily chart of the ES contract. So we want to look around the horn and we want to look at the different vehicles. So let's go ahead and take a look at the daily and also other time frames on the futures contract. We already looked at the spider. So here you can see that overnight, and this was between Monday night and Tuesday's open, the market was declining much farther. Everybody thought there was going to be another collapse until the market turned around and all of a sudden we had a higher open. But overnight, the market was getting crushed. The low was 27.75. So think about this for a second. It's not exactly to the tick. There are a few points of difference, but think about this. Yesterday's candle was a little more than 100 points. It was about 110 points. Today's candle from low to high is about 110 points. Now, in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, we talk about market symmetry. It's one of the lessons in the course. Not applied in the way I just described it. This is more of just an observation on the chart than anything else. I find it interesting. I find it fascinating. You all know that. I live numbers, eat numbers, breathe numbers. I am a number. Just one of those things I can't help but notice. What about the 240-minute chart in the futures contract? That looks like a low from yesterday. That is a tail candle. This is last night. The low was 27.75.75. So they snuck in a low when nobody was looking in the middle of the night. We've read that book before. We've seen that many, many times before. Whether it's a high or whether it's a low, they do it when nobody's looking. We talk about it all the time. So here again is the hourly chart of the futures. Here's the pit session chart. So here's what you have to watch out for. Is price getting above this high here, which is 28.86 and a quarter? So you can watch that for yourself, whether it's overnight, whether it's tomorrow. If price is getting above there, they're in this no man's land. Where are they going to want to go? Ultimately, unless they're rejected, they'll want to go fill the gap. That's just garden variety market behavior. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. I'm just giving you what I see on the chart. What's the first thing I see when I open the chart? I just gave it to you. How about the IWM? Anything different going on over here? Yesterday we talked about the fact this is way ahead of the other markets in terms of the meltdown, but in terms of the melt up today, not quite so much. It was actually a lagging market. The IWM, which happens to be my favorite market leading indicator, was lagging the other markets today. It was up less than 1%. The S&P 500 was up 1.3%. So I find that interesting. I don't know that we can make a federal case out of it just yet. Same rules apply. Yesterday's high is a bogey for now, but there was some serious damage done. They're not going to be able to just waltz right up through those moving averages so fast. We're collectors of the VIX around or below 12. But at the same time, we have to take profit when they give you these ridiculous moves because the following day, the ridiculous move in the other direction is generally on the table. Don't have to remove it all. If you have two, you sell one. If you have four, you sell two. If you have 10, you sell five or three. You can do it in halves. You can do it in thirds. You can do it in quarters. Do whatever you want, but you have to book some profit along the way. That's how we run this like a business. Along with the other markets, the transportation market was certainly shell-shocked over the last 
three trading sessions. So here we have an on-par rally with the SPY, about 1.3%. Again, the magnitude of the decline, the dead cat bounce, we're not going to make a federal case out of any of this stuff today. We'll use the specific numbers above and below in the SPY as our guideline. Interesting of note in the queues though, they poked their head up over yesterday's high, but they fell back down, weren't able to close up there, but that's a sign that they want to. They're going to try again, most likely. We'll see what happens. We'll see where the market is tomorrow. Remember, it's not that easy to kill a bull. The bulls don't give it up that easy. Remember, here's the weekly chart. There's plenty of long-term investment fund managers that pretend that they barely notice the decline so far. They notice, but they pretend they don't because they have to take the stance that they have a long-term view. You know what that's French for? That's French for we're tracking the index and we hope the index goes up on average every year. That's it. End of story. And then they pay them a lot of money to do that. That's not that hard. Nice big snapback rally in the XLF taking a stop down in the financial district. Same routine. Yesterday's high. All the markets are trading together. It's basically all the same market. Not to the same magnitude, not every day, all day, but for the most part, everything's going to trade together. It's all the same market, except for the SMH. The SMH always seems to have somewhat of a mind of its own. It was ahead of the power curve today, getting into no man's land, but falling back below, closing below yesterday's high. So at the end of the day, finished in the same position, but made an attempt earlier in the day to get up into no man's land, looking like it was headed toward the gap. Really wasn't that close. The trick trap fool and frustrate crew had none of that, slapped it right back down. And with that, folks, I'm going to pull the ripcord here tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. I appreciate all of you out there. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.